24-7 jam space in Boston to play as loud as you want, contact us at soundmuseum.net and we can hook you up. Play as loud as you want, when you want. Play at the Sound Museum. Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm Adam Willis. And you're I'm just Johnny. Oh, sorry, I forgot you were there, my friend. <laughs> like a ghost. Dude, Ow. that's like a... Anyway, so... Yeah, he's hot like <laughs> engines here on the Geek Down on WEMF Radio. Leaping forward bionically. Well, I'm sorry, man. You know what? I was frustrated. All I kept thinking was uh, that tombstone when he's like, Oh, sorry, Johnny, I forgot you were there. <laughs> oh, snap. It's... Ah, just like that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down here on WMF Radio. I am Pat B. The man you just heard giving me snark is the very own snark specialist, Black Adam Willis. <laughs> it wasn't snark. It was a direct reference to something you just did. Uh, I know, uh, but you're busting my chops. Anyways, yeah, well, well, that's what I'm here for, too. You know what, How are you I, doing, Patrice? I'm the Monday is great, quiet. my friend. There was no one else. I would rather have bust my chops. Than hey, time. man, you got to come in, you know? Um, what? You got to come, come in sometimes. You got to come in sometimes. No love, no love here on this lovely memorial. <laughs> here on this wonderful, wonderful, uh, sunny yet still somehow cold. Welcome to Boston. Memorial yeah, Day. yeah, yeah. Yep. And of course, looking very sharp and focused. Talking about just Johnny. Yep. This guy over here, he's got the latest, latest news on. Now, correct me if I, if I get it wrong again. Bloodstained, um, curse. curse of the moon. Yes. Okay. All right. I accidentally, I accidentally, accidentally put the wrong. Um, put the wrong game on the announcement, so we'll have to edit that later. Strong title there, Bloodstained. Bloodstained. Yeah. Curse of the Moon. Yeah, seems a little. What is the curse? Of the moon? What is it? Yeah. marks. Yeah. <laughs> or... Potholes in a. <laughs> yeah. Been... Black ice. Uh... You got a big CH like Chairface Chippendale from the Tick. <laughs> what is the curse of the moon? Vampirism. Uh, yeah. Oh, is that it? Gotta be right. Vampirism. Uh, the, uh, there are. I don't think. I don't no. remember there being any vampires at all in there. It's all demons. <laughs> no vampires. Oh, yeah, there are bats though. Talking about the moon. Uh, there are these wolf-like creatures, yes. but you like in S's. They're they they could be also like mountain lions. No, no, we'll call them werewolves, man. You fighting Scott Howard? Teen Wolf in the house. <laughs> all right, no, looking forward to that, Scott. man. I got to check out this comic, Betty Page, Betty yep. in Hollywood. Yeah, this is, like an this old is kind school. of a weird comic to me. Well, I mean, Betty Page isn't like the primary comic book uh, you know, heroine figure you might think, but right. it was a really cool excuse to get uh, a book written around a 1950s, um, almost noir, like post-noir type story where they're like, they're spouting that witty banter and they've got like those yeah, random yeah, yeah. colloquialisms. Like a Preston Sturgis movie or something like that, kind of the back yes. and forth, yeah, punchy. Yeah, and... it, was, it was like if Hudsucker Proxy was more of an action movie. <laughs> you know, and, which I would watch anyway. Yeah. It was, well, anyways, it's, right? it's uh, protagonist is Betty Page, man. All of the inside stuff the on that in a bit. We got to check out Netflix's Cargo, which I know Johnny loved. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was yeah. Uh, riveting. Yeah, <laughs> got Martin Freeman walking again. Yeah, yep. after Hobbit, he just they just sent him back on another journey. You know he, what, man? I'm he wakes <laughs> up like a pro. He must have woke up like eight times during this film. <laughs> just passing out, waking up again, passing out, waking up again. Yeah, sounds hey, like man. me after Memorial Day weekend. Man, it's revolu- <laughs> revolutionizing the power nap, Martin Freeman. Uh, you, you know, know the extras in uh, the Hobbit movie where so actually he forgot his wallet and he just turns around and goes back oh, for 12 geez. hours. Oh. <laughs> like, like, Sorry, I forgot my keys. Let me that go. whole trip took 17 years. That was the, yeah, that was the director's cut. All right. <laughs> of course, we have the, yo, man, I got to check out none other than a Star Wars story, Solo, the Han Solo yes. uh, prequel movie. Speaking of, uh, you, you did mention the Hudsucker Proxy, but yeah. this was a, a guy who, uh, who played Solo. I forget the name of the actor, but he was, was originally in his first movie. was a Coen Brothers movie. You mean the guy who played Han Solo yeah. Harrison Ford? The guy who played this Han Solo, ah, the young okay, Han Solo, right. was his, his, no his first movie was a... What was the name of it? It was a Coen Brothers movie came out a few years ago. I'm well, sorry, this, I'm bad at telling the story. Oh, no, no problem. This guy's like, he's like 25 years old. Yeah. How, what was this like? What was he, two? No, this was like three years ago. One of their oh, latest features. Oh, Hail Caesar. That's the movie. Yeah. Oh, he was in okay. Hail Caesar. I was like, man, that's like a good actor. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really enjoy it, but okay, it was yeah. it was good in a, in a Coen Brothers you didn't way. Hate yeah, I didn't hate it, but anyway, I liked this actor, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, he's gonna be the next console. I'm like, oh, I can see that. All right, good for him. His respect. Yeah, sure. All right, well, sir, we're gonna. It's got Woody Harrelson in it. That's all I need. Uh, we're gonna dash your uh, your anticipations to bits. Mm. 
um, with the inside stuff about Solo. Man, yeah. I want to jump right into it. Yeah, we go have ahead. an awesome, pa- action-packed, fun-filled show. But before we do, I want to remind you all, if you're just listening to us on WMFRadio.com, um, you can also see us if you tune into twitch.tv slash thegeekdowncast the live stream. And we're also live streaming on YouTube. You go to YouTube, you search The Geek Down. We're usually the first one to pop up, and you can see our pretty smiling faces. Mm. Man, at the end of the show, we're going to give you all the information to follow us on SoundCloud, on Facebook, on Twitter, on iTunes, Sound, you know, all over this mother. You know, Fans FM, if, you, if you're feeling funky. Um, so, yeah, so stick around for that. Stuff, but just yeah. so you know, you can also see us, what's going on. And find out what the hell Johnny's doing fiddling with those buttons. Magic fingers. Pornhub. What? Huh? <laughs> Both of y'all. You know, let's just jump right into Solo, man, because... Oh damn! I missed a, I missed a prime opportunity. Speaking of solo, right. right there. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, sets you up pretty good, right? Next time, okay. Well, we're talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. Mm. Uh, this is the prequel movie that gives the uh, supposed backstory of Han Solo. Where did he come from? Where did he go? Right. Where did you come from, Han Solo? How long have you been working on that? I was, that was I, good. You know, believe it or not, that was a, that That's was your good. that just that came was to good. me. All right, oh, thank you, thank you. Oh man, um, the story is uh, Han Solo is not the smooth, charismatic, uh, likable scoundrel that we've come to know. Right. Uh, he starts off as kind of a bumbling dude who just, I mean, he's got the best intentions. He's coming from, like, a bad neighborhood. A little rough around the edges, yeah. yeah like know. a rookie. Yes. Yes. This is, this, is, this is the prequel. A rookie scoundrel. A rookie scoundrel? Yeah. Um, so, cannon fodder. Because you can't, you can't be, like, you know, throwing yourself in the thick of things without those skills, man. You just, you get taken out quick. Wait, mm-hmm. he has the skills. Mm-hmm. But he's still a rookie, so he hasn't harnessed the skills to its full extent yet. All right. Well, this is him learning the skills as he goes along, because he doesn't start off. He doesn't start off smooth like we know. Mm. You know, we like the dude in uh, in uh, in uh, in Star Wars, but when we see him here, he's actually uh, very fledgling, which was interesting to see. It was a, a take that you knew they were gonna go, yeah. but the way they actually executed it was interesting. I I, I gotta call that out. Um, now Johnny and I got to see this like for ourselves. Adam, you are uh, still the. I didn't. I didn't get to see it this week, and I had a lot of stuff on my plate. And I, but I will get out to see it this week. I know that this movie had a lot of trouble, like out of the gate. You know, obviously, it switched directors. Mm-hmm. I heard like that. almost most of the way through, I think at least halfway through, they had to, you know still were filming. You know, they filmed a bunch of this, and then they switched it to Ron Howard. Ron Howard took over, which it seems kind of a interesting choice, even though Ron Howard is obviously at the proven track record of doing really yeah, big movies, I, I really like great his work, movies. but I see what you're saying. I'm it not just sure. It kind of seems like a inches right like, you know, for him it has everything to lose too. You know, he has nothing to really gain from this. He doesn't need any more name recognition. Well, I would I wouldn't say to lose. Ron Howard is. But I'm saying like he could only get like crapped on by the Star Wars fans, you know what I mean? That's like true. that like he doesn't stand to really gain much cuz he doesn't need anything else. He's already a name in Hollywood. He doesn't need to do this. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need any of it. So No, very true. Um, yeah, interesting choice. So I was really curious to see what he would do it because, I, like I said, I like all of his pictures, well, most of them, anyways. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this suffered from a lot of bad press early. I think well, from that's that gonna happen stuff. with Star Wars movies. Unfortunately, it's just like people are gonna see a couple of early clips, and now when it used to be, they'd see early clips. Oh, that looks great! Oh, I can't wait! To, oh, it's gonna yeah. So now it's oh, look at that! How fake does that look? Oh, they're doing. They cast that guy. Oh man, no, that's not the way it was in the book. You mean the book yeah, that been, uh, yeah. written out of canon for eons? Yeah. Well, this movie too, it did, didn't do extremely well in the box office this week. It and didn't. It did, I when think it, it suffered from a lot of the same stigma. You would. You'd a lot of below expectations of what it, what it was supposed to do, especially in China. I think like nobody in China saw this movie. It was like ten million dollars over there in the entire country. Wow. Which is which is shocking, but um. Uh, I think it also, I I think what the Star Wars uh, and Lucasfilm in particular is going to suffer from in the future is you're going to make two of these movies every year until we're dead now, I think. Now that Disney Disney owns them, you've got to be realistic, you know what I mean? So I think like the the whole this is special, this is something that's an event is kind of gone from the Star Wars universe, if that can be... Uh, no, possible, I, I, you know I what I mean? With, so I don't I think people there, are showing it's... up in that same numbers. We're like, wow, a new Star Wars movie. Wow, a new Star Wars. Now there's just so many of them mm-hmm. and offshoots of movies. I'm, I think they're going to do a Boba Fett movie. You know what I mean? Which well, is like, after I think after the you, this movie doesn't do what, as well, I don't think they're going to go through with that. No, I think they will, but the Boba Fett movie will probably be like something dumb like a musical. 
But you know what I mean? It's just like there's so many of these movies. Yeah, there's so many of these movies now, and it's just like whatever, you know, kind of comes up. They're just like greenlighting it and expecting it to be this big event. I just don't think they're big events anymore now that there's so many of them. I don't think it's enough reason for people to get out there. It's always going to be a big event in its own I think maybe in the original ones, but all these small, like, side projects, like the solo movie, the Boba Fett movie, I don't think for a lot of those, that core audience really, or maybe the core audience as the the fringe people aren't really going to go see. Yeah. Well, you know what I think? I think it was uh, Rogue One that ruined that for everybody. Yeah. Because Rogue One so. um, made a lot of changes and showed a lot of... It was a very different type of Star Wars movie. Yeah, it was a Star Wars story, not like yeah. a original canon, you know, type yeah, of... Yeah, so folks walked in expecting, you know, uh, Luke and, and, and Jedis and stuff and, right. and the Force and, uh, you yeah, see, backwards talking characters and such. <laughs> and what they got is like some actual, you know, rebels killing folks. You know, uh, doing the grimy gritty. Yeah, they have the like the blind samurai. You know, and I mean, dicing dudes up with a yeah, pen which stuff, I thought which was kind of cool. badass. Yeah. I, I, I like you know Donnie Yen. Although it was Donnie Yen not really doing any kind of a martial arts. Had, I know had, Donnie Yen is uh, Donnie Yen's a, an underground favorite He's for a, a lot of people. Gifted martial artist. That dude is insane. Extremely good movies. Yeah, yeah. that not enough people have seen. But mm-hmm. so I think that's the one that messed it up for all of them. It's I like now right. no one, everyone's afraid to put them out, and I think they were banking a lot. On the solo movie doing really well, mm-hmm. and kind of get that mojo back, you know. Yeah, and but the I fact just, that it underperformed uh, is, I think, really going to hurt them going forward. You're right. I think so. Yeah, I don't think it's going to stop them, but I think it's. Gonna, oh, no, I, there's always going to be money to make. That's what Star I'm saying. Wars, like, I think people are realizing that they're like I said, they're going to make. Star Wars. They're going to make more soon. multiple movies of these every year. So, like, what do you get excited over? It's like, okay, you know, they're going to be good movies. They're properties I care about, yeah. but. In terms of like, oh man, I need to see this. It's been so many years. No, it's been like six months. <laughs> you know what I mean? You remember you going to those first uh, Star Wars movies? Like, wow, it's you know, like I haven't seen yeah, this since dude, I was a we kid. Reviewed, it's a big um, deal, you know. We reviewed that animated series, um, the uh, the one that was on uh, on YouTube, the Clone like, Wars one. No, 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 the uh, the all girls one. Oh right, right. Um, there was a Star Wars Rebels was one. Right. Uh, dude, they come out with them so often now because there's always going to be a new series because there's always going to be fans interested right. in investing in this in some way, shape, and form. And if they find a way to do it cheaper than uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, because um, I'm just going to say I like this movie, and you can definitely see the money was put into the budget. Yeah, I like. like there was a lot of special. I like that what they did with the casting, out. just with uh, the guy who plays Solo. I'm skipping oh, out. Uh, I brought that up here. But, um, I couldn't remember Donald too, Glover remember as well. Like, like spelling, uh, Alden. Uh, Aaron Reich. Yes. Alden Aaron Reich. Yeah. And uh, Donald Glover's in this. Woody Harrelson's in this. I'm like, there's, mm-hmm. you know, three guys I appreciate right there. So they're doing all right with the cast. So let me we, know we, how we, they were. Well, we brought up uh, Ron Howard earlier. And there is a brief cameo from Clint Howard in this. Is there really? Yes, there is. Oh, oh I was jazzed. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know who that is? Because he has to like stick him in every one of his movies. Not a single yeah. one of them knew who Clint Howard was. <laughs> and I'm so like, ah, ah, oh, the impotent rage just like. Clearly, they didn't see Apollo 13 and know that front guy. No, clearly, they didn't see any of the Austin Powers movies and and get like 14 euphemisms for a penis. Right. (laughs) Uh, uh, Junus uh, uh, Sutamo takes over as Chewbacca now. And I I feel bad that I butchered the name because he's better Peter Mayhew. It was just his birthday. Peter Mayhew's birthday. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Peter Mayhew's actually Wookiee's age. Oh man, it could, it could have been this dude, or it could have been Yao Ming. You just need like a really big, lanky man. That guy hit the jackpot, by the way. A little side note: No, Peter Mayhew was like, "Wow, you're just this really tall, weird-looking yeah. guy who makes an off weird sound. You made a career <laughs> doing that one thing. It's like you just found it. Yeah, it's like this perfect, like you know, timing. You know, it's the universe out. How just much do you want to bet the original, um, like casting was just they put a random, like small panel. Uh, in the back of the, the penny saver or something, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably, he's just shows up like, oh, I, I, I can do that sound. They're like, that's that's it. That's that's the sound. That's <laughs> they probably wanted Chewbacca to sound like some kind of gremlin. He made that noise. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, that's, that's Chewbacca, right? Because <laughs> there's no way they had that sound uh, at a time. Chewbacca like, you gotta like, make this. Han, I don't believe this is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably in a bathroom with like mouthwash gargling it. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. And he had his mic still on, and the sound engineer is like listening oh, in, and he's like, George, George, you gotta listen. You gotta listen. <laughs> it's like, what's that amazing sound? I George, believe that's Chewbacca. George is smoking a joint with. What's that? A wa- what's that? Water sprinkling? Somewhere. Yes, we have the rolling hill. No. Um. But now you mentioned Donald Glover earlier as well. Donald Glover is uh, is uh, perfect. As Young Lando, know. yeah, he is. Yeah, I, 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 I thought this dude was actually. Hold up, Johnny, you saw this too, and you've been awfully quiet over there. Yeah. Let's get some of your thoughts on the casting, man. Uh, casting was 
I, I believe fantastic across the board. There wasn't a single person that was uh, misrepresented. Uh, I like uh, the new solo. I actually, I said this to the people that I watched it with as we were leaving the theater. I I think this is a better solo than Harrison Ford's solo. Get out of my face. Oh, okay. Now that's <laughs> extreme right there. Get out of the room. I, I like the dude, but I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't think he really captured the charisma. I, Harrison Ford, the young Harrison Ford, not yeah. that grumpy old. Uh, uh, I like uh, all Harrison Ford. No, I, um, <laughs> I like Harrison Ford telling David Blaine to get out of his house. <laughs> well, that's I, how much I, I, I like Harrison Ford. Uh, yeah, I think that's why because the, no, the young Harrison the original Ford Harrison Ford, to the role. He did, but he also had like a little bit of neg negativity sort of floating about him. He wasn't no, that, so outright enthusiastic. He didn't have the enthusiasm that this solo clearly has. I think it's because of how the character was written. This I is think a it's younger a different solo. Role, yeah. it, you know, when you're younger, you're generally more enthusiastic about life and you know the we, we older like solo is more seasoned. What's that? We like him because he's a scoundrel. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely a, a scoundrel, but he's like a young scoundrel with some good tendencies that they have in here, and it's a. Uh, I I just liked this version of Solo a little bit more than Harrison Ford Solo. I enjoyed it too. Um, I will say, oh, it's not a perfect movie, which I can see some of the some of the complaints folks have, but I think the movie was also uh, subject to a lot of undue, uh, intense scrutiny. I mean, because folks are like, oh, it's following the legacy of Star Wars. It better be good. It's like, how many, think logically, think realistically in your head, how many Star Wars movies in total there are versus how many good Star Wars movies there are? Right. You have to count all the prequels. I mean, I would be okay with not seeing Star Wars for a few years just as punishment for the people that are let, just let so sit, negative let it, let about... It just to, like, punishment. Okay, go. you're going to be that negative <laughs> Wait, about everything. Punishment. And for people, like, you're going to be so negative about every Star Wars movie comes out, you don't get any anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here, <laughs> just think Adam's, about that. Adam's, Adam's method sit in the corner. That's basically hold what hold it is. Hold on, Adam's method of filmmaking. No more Star Wars. <laughs> no, <laughs> no more Star Wars. Seriously. <laughs> that's what we need, man. Cut it out. Cut Bad it out. Disney. Push these guys back in lockers. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, you know what? Geeks. D really? This, this, <laughs> I know what's what the, the name show of the is, show you're on. Yeah, but, but not in that negative way where we're like, "This really? is the worst thing ever." You just, yeah. said, you just said, "Push them in lockers, those nerds." Yes. Get yes. I stand by that statement. 100%. Wow. All right. Well, I will say I like this. Um, it's gotten some negative press, and I, I do think there are like faults here and there. Um, they do some cool stuff to to rectify that, but some things I have to call out are. Uh, um, uh, Han Solo. We like charismatic Han Solo. It's interesting to see him ramping up to the badass that he eventually becomes. But you know, uh, I I don't know if this guy, if this actor's presentation really represented that. And I can't really blame him because I feel like he was giving it his all with the script that they gave him. I just don't think they wrote Han Solo as uh as the arc that we're expecting him to have okay you know this guy starts off kind of bumbling he's got good intention he's got like a clever plan he just lacks the skills so what's the storyline with this where do they find him and what's uh what's, well, what this are starts they off do? with him as a uh, as a young orphan mm -hmm. uh him and his friend kira uh who are uh, as a friend they're kind of friends kind of more than friends they it's never entirely clear on that they're very much more than friends they uh, are well, bumping uglies when, left they, and when, right. they, when they start off you get the feeling that it's like a budding relationship. But I got, like, they were, like, probably childhood friends that just discovered these feelings yeah. for each other. You know what I'm saying? What I got was they were, you know, teenagers just out of high school. High school, I'm in quotes. Uh, just got out of high school, and they were, like, madly in love with one another. But it's that young teenage love. So exactly what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, it starts off with them, and they're together. They're they're in this um they're in this colony. They're both uh, kind of stuck under the thumb of the local mob boss, and they and, uh, uh, Ford and uh, Ford, damn it, Solo, <laughs> uh, enacts a plan to get them out and you know make their make their grand escape. And what happens is, uh, oh well, it's not a spoiler. It's like one of the major premises of the story. Yeah, uh, he gets away and she doesn't, and that's where his adventures start. And uh, creates a vehicle for them to reintroduce her later on. Right. Which is a big pull of the story because it's like that relationship should be one of the main things that shapes them. But it's almost forgotten until we see the character again. Mm -hmm. You know, and the whole thing is his motivation is I got to get back to her. Cool. So now I go to talk to this person. I want to get on this. I want to get on this. I want to start this mission. I want to start being this guy. Okay. Why? 
Well, you know, I got, I, I'm, 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 you know, uh, I'm, you know, uh, uh, a hunter. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bandit. I'm, I mean, I'm a cool guy. It's like that's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm just this. Like, um, it kind of it obfuscates after a while. Yeah, you know. And the thing is, I get what they were trying to do and just write a cool story, and the rest will fall into place. But it's like they forgot that last step, and the deadline was coming up. So hey, let's get the script out. And he does cool stuff. Yeah. And I liked Woody Harrelson in this. Did you did you dig Woody Harrelson? How can you not dig Woody Harrelson? Without seeing it, I know you're gonna like it. Come on, man. I like Woody Harrelson, but I've heard legitimate complaints that I can see people's points of view. Johnny? So Woody Harrelson's character, it, he was he is sort of a uh, a plot device in order. He is the reason why uh, Han Solo becomes Han Solo. He learns everything that he that everything that Han Solo does in the future movies and in, in the you know episode four five and six and and etc uh is learned from and introduced in this movie this movie's all about showing where Han Solo learned how to be uh who he is and he learned it very clearly from uh this Tobias Becker uh yes Tobias Becker character uh and this Tobias Becker is basically Han Solo at the stage of episode seven he is exactly that like very disgruntled very just like so worn by just the wear and tear of of this lifestyle that is what tobias is in this movie was yeah, the han solo he's crotchety, he's crotchety of episode han seven yeah from uh from uh from um damn why do we keep wanting to call it last jedi it's uh, oh. force awakens force awakens yep yeah uh and you know what it's like we can see the progression if all that was played to a t but the thing is, this is supposed to be like uh, Han Solo's Qui-Gon Jinn. You know, this is the one he learned everything from, and he was eventually uh, going to evolve beyond. And they really pushed that at the beginning. So it's like they're almost telegraphing it. And then uh, Harrelson's performance doesn't really like meet, meet, meet that, um, uh, that promise, in my opinion. I thought he was kind of like, maybe he was trying, but he played this a lot like... Um, Okay, he played this a lot like his character in The Hunger Games. You know, he's just a dude. He's been doing this for a long time. He's just defeated. You know, he's got his team. They're, they're, they, they have their inside jokes and their friends, but they're, like, pissed off about, like, having to do jobs and stuff. They don't want to be there. And, you know, you, you see it on, on, uh, on Harrelson. You see it on Beckett. And that's one of the things that carried in the story. But, dude, um, your boy Paul Bettany's in this. My boy. Your boy, Paul Bettany. Yeah. <laughs> My boy. Yeah. Hey, man. Have I been plugging Paul Bettany? Always, yeah. Are you sure? This dude was like, man, man. <laughs> man. He's like, you man. know me and Paul Inf Bettany, right? Like, I love Wimbledon movie. It was all about the vision. That's what it was. <laughs> I love that movie, Wimbledon. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. That's uh, who that is. A Knight's oh, really? Tale? Oh, ah, get okay. out of here. No, it wouldn't be a Star Wars story without a really paced English guy. It really Paul would. Bettany just he, yeah. he he steps into those shoes. Man, yeah, he's 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 killing it this summer too. He's got this movie. Mm. He's got the mm. Avengers. Yeah, he's 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 in places. He's not Josh Brolin, but he's he's up there. Yeah, Talking about what his, he did this summer, you know what I mean. And his role is essentially the the main villain of this. Uh, he's the but, big bad. Yeah, but they kind of change that. up the villains uh, a few times in this. Yeah, just they like, do some interesting stuff yeah. there. I gotta I gotta I gotta applaud that too. Mm. I liked that they um they kept it fresh you expect to see it's star wars so they're gonna be like jabba the main villain or or darth the main villain and you know this is just gonna be a point a to point b story and some interesting banter and they kept it moving um the villains aren't necessarily entirely villains the heroes aren't necessarily entire heroes yep. uh they explain things that have been questioned for a long time and have been subject to fan theory after fan theory you think like what the hell the kessel run is mm properly yeah and how they explain that yes and why parsecs makes sense yeah oh, they um, show it do you think yeah. they ha they have a hard time with people people have a hard time with prequels because they already know what the hell is going to happen definitely okay. definitely especially so if do it's you a think really the sequel story? you think the prequel route like they're going to do like say i said boba fett they might do you know lando they might do this thing you think that's the way well, to go this, if they already this know movie is such a standalone from everything else you don't need to watch anything else in order to understand what's going on in this movie as long as you can you know have your imagination you know sure but why did more people go and see it if like the why does the more casual fan go out and see it if they didn't need to get all the backstory because that could be intimidating for some people with all this like i see five thousand other movies to get this one why oh yeah no if, if, you, if you if this is your first exposure to any star wars property period you are going to be lost correct right uh very 
from step one. I don't. I don't step think so. Step one to step done. Conf- okay, explain. You might have an easier then. time. Yeah. It might still okay, be tough. There's, there's a cameo in the movie that people have been talking about. I won't. I won't spoil it here, yeah, but spoil. I will say, um, you know what the cameo I'm talking about? Uh, Towards the end. Oh yes. Okay, someone who, yes. who's who's unfamiliar with Star Wars uh, at all. If this was their first, if this was just the movie they went to see, would they understand anything that happened? All right. At all. Even yes or no? Would they? No, they wouldn't. Thank however, you. It's, 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 however, it's even if you did watch the the movies, which which I definitely did multiple times, like I didn't understand. I had to ask my friend that I watched it with what that was all about, and they filled me in that it is something that you learn from not the movies but from i believe it was clone wars uh-huh. so there's something that's relatively important to have it no rebels it was either the rebels or clone wars so something you mean you have to be important. a fan that goes even beyond the films yes to know exactly yeah but so it, it doesn't leave you it's not as important uh Man, to the overall if I movie had never itself seen any of this like it relies so heavily on your understanding of who these people will become to understand why we even care about them yeah. You know, Chewbacca is just this hostile, hairy guy. Yeah. You know, who, with a speech impediment. The that, beast. If, if, if I if I didn't know him as like the eventual lovable, you know, uh, uh, always well groomed, Chewie. Yeah. <coughs> they build some of the legends of these cats here. Yeah. You know, some of the stories we heard in the previous Star Wars movies. This is where you see him happen. And I like, I like that part too. They didn't harp on him. It wasn't like, oh, mm-hmm. this is the story of Han's jacket. You know, Han got the vest <laughs> back in the days. It was a sacred item from so. No, just like you know. How do you get his blaster? Why'd you get that blaster? It's a thing. No, oh, you got the blaster here. Oh, oh, I guess that's it. Okay, and it's he bought thing. it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, Chewie's uh, the, the belt Chewie wears. You see how he got that? It's like, wow. Okay, how he got the Falcon? How he met Lando? Lando's performance in this was hilarious. Oh yeah, my man Donald Glover put it down. Real good. And yeah, he's I've crushing heard a lot it of too. What's up? He's crushing it too. Yeah, no, Donald Glover. I, I'm, I'm happy. I wish I could do anything movie. as good as he does twenty things. <laughs> Any one thing as good as he does, like everything. You know no, what I mean? You know, you know, it's you know, a rapper, stand up, TV, writer, all that stuff. All you know, things I so failed at, he succeeded at, so I shouldn't Correct. be bitter, but I'm just happy to see young black man make it. I'll say young black man make it. He's like 34. Yeah, he's all right. right so, yeah, the young pup. <laughs> yeah, he, he was young when we were young. All right. <laughs> like all the right. same age. <laughs> yeah, but no, that guy, he, he's doing good stuff, man. And I liked him in this picture. He's mostly doing a, a, um, a Billy D. Williams impression, mm. but it works. Works. He looks good in that mustache too. I'll give him that. The look works for him. You know what? Especially after seeing him in the This Is America video with that ridiculous. Well, okay, I won't say ridiculous, but just like that extreme old school, like bushy, bushy beard mm. uh, going on. And this is just him, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, the whole time. Yeah, and Lando got the got the chops. He got the mustache. He looks smooth. Yeah, he looks right. smooth. I expect him to pull. I need some activator on there. Yeah, man, gonna pull out a cold forty-five any minute and enjoy. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we still call him Billy D's when we have him. Oh, that, that poor guy. Yo, yeah. bottom line, I really enjoyed Solo, a Star Wars story. I expected to go in and just, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. We've talked about that many times on yeah, the show. Yeah, you're more of a Trekkie. We get it. Yeah, get and it. this was a, just a really enjoyable experience. I went to see it with one, like, really hardcore Star Wars fan and a couple of just kind of like, actually, no, it was a good balance because I was like the, I like, I'm a fan of sci-fi in general, not specifically Star Wars. I really liked it. The Star Wars fan was like, I got everything and I liked it. Um, it wasn't everything I wanted as a fan, but I really enjoyed the picture regardless. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. Uh, my friend who didn't really know anything and just wanted to come out to hang was like, I like this movie. It was a good movie. I didn't understand some stuff, but you know, it was a fun time. Yeah. And my buddy who's a casual Star Wars fan was like, yeah, you know, this was actually the movie I wanted. So I'm like, I see on all four points. I was lucky to have that, that range too, but on all four points, it worked for these cats. So I got to give it a thumbs up. All right. Cool. Yeah, definite thumbs up for me. It's uh, it, you're, it doesn't tie into the big giant epic story that is Star Wars, other than given one of the many characters, or I, I'd say three or four of the there many characters. Men. Yeah, yeah. Uh, given them a back, uh, a more in depth backstory. So it, it's definitely good if you're a hardcore fan. You're you're gonna identify a whole slew of stuff. So it's great for them. And I think uh, just as a standalone story. It's not fantastic, but it is certainly entertaining because it's it's like a misadventure of Han Solo, like the misadventures of him. This is the Han Chronicles. It's like the young yeah. Han, Han Solo. Yeah, the young Indiana Jones. The young the young Han Solo. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's very much like that. It'd be better if it was like a TV show then. Yeah. They, we can get more of these episodes. But it wouldn't have as on big Netflix, of a, so we can all fall asleep while they're on. Oh, stop it! <laughs> all right, well, okay. So I give it a thumbs up, Johnny. Yeah, thumbs up. All right, two thumbs up. The movie's called Solo: A Star Wars Story. It's out in theaters now. Uh, recommend checking it out. It's our highest, highest recommend. Well, not highest. It gets a good recommendation. It's Woody Harrelson, man. Come on. It's Woody Harrelson. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that got you. <laughs> it's yeah, well, among others. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, right now I'm gonna kick it over to. Uh, to uh to just Johnny to fly solo himself yeah because you my man got to play uh okay bloodstain curse of the moon you nailed it oh. how how I curse you moon <laughs> so curse of the moon it's a uh, game that was part of a Kickstarter uh ex uh stretch goal for bloodstain. Ritual of the Night, which comes out later on this year. So what? And oh, this wasn't even the, the the main game. Though. This isn't the main game. This is an offshoot that's mm -hmm. supplemental to the main game. But okay. if you understand the main game, you'll understand what this is all about and why they did this. The main game is be uh, is designed after Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It's that style of gameplay. Yeah, we got some gameplay running in the background. Here. Right. So anyone who's watching on Twitch.tv slash The Geek Down, you can see it for yourself. And uh, what they did with this game, it's Pippino. it's a much smaller project. It's uh, and it's you can see it on the video, and if you look it up, that it's very much NES style eight bit graphics. So that harkens back to the Castlevanias on the on the NES. So Castlevania one, two, and a very especially Castlevania three, yeah. uh, and that's and just what confirm, this, this is, is on the Switch though. It's not like. This is on the Switch. Okay. It's on uh, PC. It's on PS4. It's on three uh, Xbox One. Oh it's on 360. Really, Johnny? <laughs> it might be. I don't uh. know. It'll certainly run on it. And uh, <laughs> what they uh, did here is they basically recreated Castle uh, the Castlevania three, but with the Bloodstain characters and with the bloodstain sort of mythos and lore so you're not fighting against vampires you're fighting against demons uh you will come across one of the playable characters in this game is the main character that's in bloodstain ritual the ritual of the night that comes out later on is that, wait is it a belmont i gotta know it uh there are no belmonts in this world okay, all right i just wonder if there's a crossing of licenses because that, that would be hilarious well her character uh -oh. has a whip so of course she does <laughs> And and like Wait, tell me tell me they pulled some 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 hijinks like to get away with it. No, it's not it's not a Belmont at all. This is Calamity Chain. Yeah. Yeah, they is. they go to the extreme as far as uh how much they ripped ripped off from oh. Castlevania because so there's her character, she has the whip, she very much plays like a Belmont. There's another character called Gebel. Uh Oh no, I'm not facing Alucard. I'm facing uh Yeah. Damn it! This would have been a better joke if I remembered how you spell vampire backwards. Mm. Uh, Empire. Error. 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 Impav. Yeah. Ah, this sucks. But Continue, please. Yeah, Gebel is basically the Alucard of this game. He controls just like um uh, the big uh. So if you played Castlevania 3 on the NES, you're definitely going to know what you're getting into for this game or any of the first three Castlevania games or, or even the first four or five Castlevania games. You definitely know what you're getting into. This is not a single big giant world that's interconnected. You need items to sort of power yourself up and to unlock other areas of this big giant castle. This is not that type of Castlevania game. It's not the Metroidvania. It's the more action platformer very hard style game where you're going from level to level you keep going forward however in castlevania 3 what they did is they had these alternate paths and these alternate characters that you can sort of collect and take with you and use them as a rapport to help you know, defeat dracula and all that well, and you have if, that if, in if, this game if these are just like uh, pretty much exactly like the old games and this is supposed to be a, a, a different series what's the what's the pull to actually make me want to play this because um i mean dude it's it's it's, 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 it's years yeah. later yep. but the nostalgia i can i can active actively play all the old Castlevanias right. now you know why would i why would i want to check out this new series well there's so for this game if you're so they've never there's never really another Castlevania 3 like game 
pretty much anywhere that you could come across. So if you're missing that kind of game, exactly, this is it. And it has modern day sort of uh, things in place, modern day game design uh, enhancements that sort of makes it easier to deal with, less frustrating in certain elements. For example, you have more, you're using updated controllers, so you have more buttons to play around with. So you're not, uh, you know, holding the up button and then hitting the attack button in order to use your sub item because you only had two buttons on the NES. Uh, you have more, there. that's mapped to, that particular action is mapped to a button all on its own, so that's uh, convenient. Kids today all spoiled uh, with their multiple buttons and such. Yeah, you can use... Back in my day, we had combinations and hold things down and calluses built up when we day, liked yeah. it. Yeah, and you can switch characters on the fly using the shoulder buttons. Uh, you can, um, and that has a unique, that is a unique gameplay mechanic uh, within this game. Uh, not so much the buttons themselves, but being able to switch characters on the fly and having each of those uh. characters, uh, the incentive for switching between them is not only do each of them have very unique, very different abilities from all the other ones, they also have their own health bar. Uh, oh, okay, now here's, here's my question about that too different abilities are they useful abilities or do they just make them different for the sake of hey we switch the color palette and this one whips up versus whips to the side very different abilities where okay. they will uh useful there's multi-pathing in in many of these levels uh so you can kind of play through and beat the entire game which i did and still miss good chunks of it because you took a different path because you either did or didn't have a certain character with you or that character didn't have a certain uh sub weapon available to them for example uh the alucard like character gebel he can turn into a bat and fly anywhere so, but you get he's the last character you end up scooping up. Uh, the Belmont-like character with the whip, she jumps higher than any other character. So, and because of that, you can, with her, you can jump up and reach platforms that are significantly higher. Uh, and then there's also the attack differences, the different sub-weapons that they each have. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting because you have to utilize each of these characters and you're switching between them on the fly and you're also micromanaging their health bars because they're all independent health bars so you could play around with one particular character uh the main character uh i forget his name but he's basically a samurai that is cursed and he's killing demons all over the place uh he has the largest health bar so you can kind of use him to sort of feel out a new boss encounter and take the hits as you're trying to learn it out and then once his health gets low enough you then swap out to your main damage dealer character or what have you all right so now which one of these is the biggest pain in the ass i gotta know because there's always there's always that one they're all that just, like, actually really good and useful universally i think really? the main character the samurai guy he's probably the one that's uh the least easy to use but he's still very useful because he has the biggest health bar and he does have some very interesting sub weapons that allow him to sort of assist with other uh, for example he can give himself this aura that doubles his damage but you can switch out to another character and that other character will gain the benefits of that aura. So you can sort of switch to him, throw out the damage buff aura, then switch to a different character and start, you know, taking them out. Interesting. Okay. And you said this isn't a complete um, this isn't a complete game. This was the uh, the bonus. So what kind of experience are you getting? Is this like a full um, dude, this is taking me weeks and I'm really getting into like the intricate uh, 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 nooks and crannies, or is this I'm beating it in the weekend? Oh, uh, weekend, you beat it in a day, in a sitting. That's, really? Yeah, it's it's a very short game because that's how these types of games uh, were initially designed on the NES, where they were very short. There's only well, yeah, eight but those levels. Those were also like balls hard, and it's like you yes. died every four steps, and the game was designed to make you hate yourself yeah. and everybody and, around and you. I did. And that's where this one, <laughs> and that's where this one deviates, is that it's it's everything about castlevania from the nes that you love except it's not as hard it's still challenging well, still difficult this, this, this floating turtle boss turtle yeah. boss is uh, creepy uh, as hell uh, it, they're all Turtles demons. Tortoise yeah. boss, excuse they're all, me. They're all demons. The, the flippers versus the tortoise feet. that's a good uh, well, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the difference um the tur turtles have feet tortoises have those flippers yeah so whatever man uh, what do you mean, all, whatever? That's nature. Man, I gave up nature when Steve Irwin died, bro. Oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> so the game isn't as hard as the original Castlevania game. So therefore, if you keep at it... Because it's not a Castlevania. Wink. 
Yeah. So if you keep at it, you'll definitely beat this in one sitting like I did. Uh, there's eight levels, so it's actually, uh, I don't know, maybe one, two uh, more levels than what Castlevania 3 had. Uh, so it's a little bit longer in Castlevania 3, but because it's easier, you're going to get through it much quicker and probably on your first uh, sort of playthrough, which is what I did. But there's also, once you beat it, you'll get, uh, there's additional unlocks, harder levels of difficulty, that will and there's even easier mode i didn't i played it on the veteran mode there was a casual mode where the casual mode um it did something casual special mode, you're just taking a, a leisurely stroll through some cemeteries oh uh, the casual mode it's when you get hit by an enemy you don't kill enemies you just high five them so in the original castlevania games part of what made it so hard is that uh when you get hit by any character your your character would fly backwards very annoyingly this one you can enable casual mode so that if you take a hit you don't get deflected back your character doesn't physically move back you just stay yeah, in place so it's very useful so the, it's it's a nice way of having it having an easier mode overall this game is absolutely fantastic i'm a huge castlevania fan this was yeah, an, uh, your unbiased re 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 review <laughs> is oh i i absolutely love it Thumbs up all the way. It's $10. It's available on every single platform. Uh, get it on Switch because it'll be mobile as well as being able to pause it whenever you want and all that stuff. It's This is an incredible game. All right. Very much incredible. If you're a fan of NES games, yeah, this is right up, right up your alley. Cool. Thank you, man. All right. So that was Bloodstained. Curse, Curse of the, of the moon. moon. I've got it. I've yeah, got it yeah, down. You all don't. Right. All right. <laughs> yeah, now, uh, will we, can, will we, uh, can we turn to you for a review of Bloodstained? Um, damn it. Right to Ritual of the funky. Night. Um, yes. Ritual. Yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Ritual. Tampax Pro. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next. Ritual of the Night when that comes out? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I will, you kidding me? I will, right. I'll be all over that. Okay, cool, cool. Looking forward to it. Now, uh, Adam. Yep. I've not forgotten you, my friend. Me. Because you and I got to see a very solid picture. I think we all did, picture. yeah. All three of us. Um, yeah. of all, you, you got these, you watched it? Yes, you oh, did. Yeah. We talked about it. Okay, well, I'm talking about Cargo, the new Netflix. Um, it's not quite a monster movie. It's a, it's it's more of a zombie picture. But yeah, it's, it's more a zombie of a, picture, but it's like a slow burn zombie picture. It's not yes, a lot of jump scares. Slow. not a lot of like stuff that's like popping out. Mm -hmm. It's... Anyways, it takes Martin... Yeah, it's a, a Martin Freeman stars in this, and basically he is bitten... And he and it takes place in Australia, which where any sort of pandemic takes place, <laughs> it's gonna happen in Australia. Yes, if Australia wasn't scary enough with right. giant spiders, you got Mad Max mm -hmm. taken out there. You know what I mean? Any, yeah. you know, the rover, a recent one that I liked. Yeah, there was something that happens out there, there. and People it's always giant in Australia. Bears coming after you. Yeah, so. Anything that's like bad happens, it'll happen in Australia, and, you're, yeah, and you're forced to, to work with. Wolves will f you up. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, he he is bitten, and he needs to take his daughter, which is the infant cargo daughter. infant daughter. Yeah, basically carrying on her back to safety before he turns. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the the minute by minute, you know, passing along of him trying to deal with this situation. Yeah. Uh, uh, obviously, dealing with himself and what's going to happen to him. Um, dealing with the elements of being in Australia and obviously dealing with, you know, what's, you know, the pandemic, what's going on, all these yep. potential. And other people sort of also dealing with this. With, it, with their self. So there's, there's a lot to go uh, going on. And it's just, just like you, you, you drop an infant into this. Obviously, it just yeah. exacerbates the situation so much more. Um, I like Martin Freeman. I like him a lot. This is, it was like a, the Hobbit, but like a horror <laughs> movie, you know, the this horror is, Hobbit. Um, yeah. And his, he was getting his precious across Bilbo to her, and his <laughs> Billboard forgot his yeah, Bilbo forgot his keys. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I didn't, I didn't mind this movie. It was like I said, I, I, I kind of dug the slow burn type of uh, quality to the the zombie picture. It seemed like a lot of like episode one of uh, uh, the Walking Dead. You know what I mean? It got had a little bit of quality to that kind of like you know you're dropped in the situation now. You're like trying to figure it out, like yeah. what's going on. Like I, see, you have I can, to learn I can, on the I can fly. see that, but I got more of a sense of. Um, more of like a barren wasteland version of right. Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Yeah, this no, is it's, it's like that. It's a it's a reflection of all those movies. Like I said, yeah. anything that's like it, it, whether it's in the, the zombie film genre, mm -hmm. it's kind of thrown in. There's right, like it's a little bit of Why the Last Man in there too. You know what uh, I mean? I can, I can, I can, I can yeah, see. Yeah, so that. there's it, it's taken from a lot of those like one man solo. Yeah, apocalypse like things I like, like that. that they Australian gave picture. Martin Freeman, the character, they gave him different challenges that. 
uh, normally we don't see in these types of movies. We say zombie picture. It's a pandemic zombie movie. Mm -hmm. So we're expecting to see zombies at every turn. And, oh, I guess they're a constant threat. It's just like, no, they're a thing that you know is out there. Right. But this is like wide open plains and, and bushes. They're in the Australian outback. Right. You know, so it's so not So that's like not the deadliest thing out there, potentially, there you know. Out. Yeah, yeah, there's wild animals to compete with. There's also other crazy Australians. Or just not getting water and well. dying, you know? Yeah. That too, you know, like you're, you're against all this at the same time, right. uh, which I thought was a really interesting setting. Now, you're right. This is a very slow burn. Yeah. And so it might be that, too slow for some people. Absolutely. Think, yeah. Very, very, very much so. In fact, speaking of some people, we happen to have one in the room, Johnny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It starts off... So I believe the the start, in a kind of pseudo, you kind of have to think your way through why it started the way it did, but everyone's out in the middle of nowhere, Australia, and I believe it's because no one wants to be near the cities because of this big, giant... Uh, epidemic, pandemic, zombie explosion stuff that happened. Obviously, cities, lots of people, therefore, lots of zombies. If you want to survive, go to the outback, and your chances of survival, because there's less humans out there, probably reasonably higher. And it starts off with, uh, with him, his wife, and their child on a boat sort of floating around, and that's sort of their solution for how long they've su survived is by being on a boat. Zomb I guess zombies can't swim or something. Uh, and then, so unless you've seen well, the movie Zombie Two, and he fights a shark, yeah. <laughs> so I would say well, he well, hasn't well, done his history. Well, actually, my favorite zombie interpretation of zombies in water is the first part of the Caribbean movie, Curse of the Black Pearl, because uh -huh. they're like, "We're dead. We don't need to breathe." And they just like walks. <laughs> on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> just like, it's like Weekend at Bernie's too. <laughs> He's got yeah. the headphones in. They got the shuffle on. <laughs> He's shuffling across the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, so, a lot of so references I, in that one. Yeah, so I brought up that, that Outback thing, the reason why they went there. It felt like a steak, I know. Well, I, steakhouse, I think we'll go there after the show. I, I think it's part of uh, <laughs> the, I guess, the, the overall message that this movie was trying to convey was humanity has become so... Uh, separated from living off of and understanding the planet itself and mistreating it that mm. this is therefore their punishment and it's kind of uh, metaphorical how humanity has returned back to the outback to the wilds in order to uh order figure to, out to return and their baby to a safe place before they become a ravenous beast i get what yeah. you're saying it's well the baby never made it to uh a safe modern day type of circle well, i don't think there was a modern day anything because yeah. we get we get we come into the story first of all we mentioned the story of martin freeman um carrying his child across the bush because what's ha what's happened there is uh this pandemic has spread across the country like it's just a thing mm. you know so people different people have maps the government's aware of it this is at the point where society has uh just come to terms with the fact that this is a thing that exists it might all get us we're not looking for cures. We're just looking for a way for people to live with it in the you know environment. Yeah. Well, so you find dead bodies everywhere. They've got this thing that was kind of poorly explained about them burying their heads in the sand. And uh, I couldn't quite yeah. figure out if that was a way for people who know they're turning to try to like incapacitate themselves or if that's like a, a symptom of um, of the sickness taking over that they just feel the urge because there was a couple of those urges that uh, Freeman was just mm. hit and he knew, oh, this I, I guess I'm, this is just the uh, the infection. Like hitting yeah, me right yeah. now. I'm, maybe I have a seizure. Maybe you know, um, uh, I start uh, sniffing blood, and I, I have to like you know lunge towards it. Or maybe I just start digging. You know, so things like that were kind of um, left uh, open ended. Right. You know, I think that may be one of those things. Yeah. Um, it's a movie that you have to really. Uh, I'm giving a lot of leeway to, mostly because I like Martin Freeman. You're right. It's a biased yeah, yeah. view, and I shouldn't have sure. it. Sure. But uh, I don't think it was a bad movie. I think it was very unique, very uh, inventive, and I like the f I like the concept of this taking place in a world where the, uh, it wasn't just a zombie breakout. No, what's that? We're unfamiliar. It's like people know what these things are. People have like ways to defend themselves and themselves and are ready. Right. People know what to do when they do get infected. Yeah. It's not like oh god, what's gonna happen? I'm so lost. It's I get well, bitten now. It's I've like got this slow... now. I got a Fitbit that tells me when I'm gonna die. Yeah, it's like a slow. Is it counting your steps? No, it's counting your. But it's like a slow process, which is unique too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. process being that way. Instead of like twenty eight days later, you know, that was he, unique. Man. Martin Gleason gets hit in the eye with the blood drop, and he's like, "Okay, get away from me! I'm about to turn in any second now." Yeah. It's not like that. You're like, "Okay, you have all the time in the world to think about it." 
You know what I mean? And Which then it's, it's a, a little... That's, that's a little crueler, It's a it? little worse, I would say. You know what I mean? I guess you have time to maybe potentially walk your child to safety. Yeah. But at the same like, time, it's like, okay, now I have to have these seizures, and I got nothing but... All I have to do is think, one, save this, but also that I'm going to be dead in yeah, about a couple minutes. And that's, got, a, like, that's a hell of a realization. happening spontaneously with, like, a yellow goo oozing from your face orifices. Yeah. It's just a way to make it a little grosser. Oh, absolutely. Which is yeah. which they did, you but know, when when he when he first saw one of those things, you know, I flashed it. Did you see uh, the new it, the new it uh, uh, yeah. remake? Yeah. Okay, you know when the kid finds the leper. Yep. And it's this like horrible scene with like because it, it gets like right in the camera's face, and you see like the nose where the nose used to be. It's like an old Ren and Simpy like, cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> but real life. It's just kind of like <laughs> gooey and whistling and. <laughs> <laughs> and the exhale, just, just like, mucus flapping in the wind. Whistling nose. That's what these zombies know, looked like man, when you saw them. It was so, oh. but it was it was <laughs> decent, man. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm I don't want to spend too much time talking about this because the movie didn't have that much substance. Um, no, I'll, I mean, like I said, it was it was it's like I said about Netflix movies. It's like got good production. It's got the money behind it, and it's just like ah, it's just eh. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's not been an original Netflix movie that have been like blown me away. There's been a few that have been like well, better than the others, but bad writing. This movie was it was written all over it. Bad writing. Okay, I would I wouldn't go that far. They didn't far. even write that. I would say like, yeah. I would say there's not much substance there. If you're really a fan of this genre, then yeah, you'll like this. If you're not, and you're just looking for something to entertain you, and you figured a scary zombie movie. That's not what this is. Right. You know. I but, am a fan of this genre. I do not like this movie. I'm a, I'm a fan of. Settings in uh, Australia because it's there's something like I love all those like Australian every, movies. Everybody and everything will kill you. The elements, the animal yeah, life. Yeah, and there's something people, about creepy. It kind of like it food, isolates you. You know, water. when the con- uh, continent's contaminated, it's like this isolating thing. You know what I mean? It really drives home that point that you're alone. It's, mm. it's kind of freaky, you know? I, can get by. I like that. Uh, I concur. Wake and Fright is another great Australian movie, horror movie, if you're. If you're so inclined to <laughs> seek that out. All right, well, for this one, um, I'm actually going to give it a thumbs up. It's like the bare minimum thumbs up, and I give it a thumbs up because as I watched this, uh, I didn't have a bad time. You know, I was intrigued by how unique some of the stuff was, uh-huh. and uh, it wasn't annoying with the baby. Like sometimes when you have, uh, it's it, when you have like things like I've got to protect this one figure in a dangerous environment. The game the it could have been Willow, but like, it wasn't. Oh, That's game, my fetch review. quest. You know, which is awful uh, yeah. the baby could have been crying all the time non-stop and it could be really annoying yeah you know stuff like that and they didn't do that no you know yeah. this just gave an interesting take on an established uh, uh, uh genre and i thought that was i thought that was interesting enough to yeah. earn it a thumbs up yeah like, i mean i just think, get it over i think it's still too many pieces from far better movies those are some other movies that are uh, more worth your time like i said the movie willow is if that's a character you saving a that. baby you know what i mean in a yeah. dangerous world you that i would like prefer that. to kill I certainly do, but that's still a better movie. Um, yeah, this is another Netflix movie that I can't really get behind too much, so I'm just going to give it a thumb sideways to down. Okay. So not not the worst movie I've seen. I don't hate it as much as Johnny does, but I definitely really don't didn't enjoy it. All right. All right. Johnny, get your hate on. Yeah, thumbs down. This is garbage. <laughs> it's, it is a waste of your time. Like, there's... Damn. I would say that there's better stuff out there on Netflix, but I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't know if there's better stuff on Netflix. Netflix is right now is literally. Oh, no, you want to check out Cloverfield so Paradox? Shows. It's this movie no. that everyone loved. I <laughs> I watched it. It was okay, but I wouldn't recommend that to other people. Scorsese's got like a Netflix fans. movie coming out. He's doing The Irishman for Netflix. If that's oh, awful. Man. I'm giving up on in the internet. I'm I'm kind of burned out on <laughs> zombie movies, man. I want to see I want to see Martin Scorsese do um, a, a, a bromance thriller. Uh, starring Mark Wahlberg and Mark Wahlberg as twins. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, starring starring Paul Bettany. And, Stop uh, with and Paul Bettany <laughs> and Will Smith. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, a, yeah. Oh, that'd be genius. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. It's cargo. They're writing that down right now. Like, yeah, that's not too bad. I'd love to see that, man. He's, he's like. <laughs> He's like, well, let me tell you it's something. Like, no, it, let me tell you something. That's the best <laughs> black and white buddy right. comedy since Billy yeah, Crystal and uh, what's the tap dancing dude? Billy Crystal right. and uh, Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines. What was the cop movie they did? Oh, you're talking about, um, oh, you I know love what the I'm song. Um, damn it. That's such a good movie. Yeah, I can't think of the name. Shine a lot on me. Wait, wait, Google wait, wait, uh, wait, Billy Crystal and uh, Gregory Hines. I wanna be. It's a great song. <laughs> a, Don't look at me that way. That is a great song. I'm lost. I know. Oh, Running Scared. Running Scared. Running Scared. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. They should do a remake of Bell Bettany and Will Smith. Man, you know how remake of Running Scared. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That would be amazing. That wouldn't be bad. You're right. Yeah, that'd All be right, great. Will, Will Smith's a little old for that now, though. Yeah. You know, let me, let me see. Let me see Don Glover. 
Yeah. Don Glover. Because he can dance. He can dance. Paul Bettany and Don Glover? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Think, All right. Um, I think we're on to something now. Dude, make it happen. It'll be uh, Donald, Donald Glover and that dude who plays Commissioner Gordon on, uh, on <laughs> Gotham. I forget his name now. He was big. He starred in the, uh, the OC. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I know yeah. his name. I feel bad now because it's been a while. But, yeah, no, Running Scared Remake. I, we want royalties. <laughs> we, you heard it here first. Yeah, we got, we got this. We'll write the script for you if you need it to. All right. I'm going to close out real quick. Just got a couple minutes, and I want to touch on this comic I got to check out. Betty Page, Betty in Hollywood. Uh, now, this is a um, – it's, it's not like a, a, uh, an account of an actual event. Uh, this was taken from uh, various stories uh, told by Betty White and uh, Page. Uh, Betty, Betty Page. Betty White. Thank you. <laughs> um, Betty White. Imagine our, our, her like that. Our other I favorite do. Betty. Uh, actually, there are pictures of Betty White. I know, uh, man. Like, I see well, them. naked pictures from when she was like really young, Johnny. Yeah, she was it, bro. Uh, yep. Contain yourself, man. Yeah, Betty White and the Buff. She was, she was, she was nice. She was hot. Yeah, look was, at that. Something else. Again, right now. Uh, when I think sex pot, I think Betty White. Anyway, um, no, Betty Page. And these are stories she told of uh, of some uh, things that happened to her. And these uh, writers were very big fans of hers. Uh, they put it together in their own fan work, which is kind of cool. Because mm. um, the way they wrote this book was everything's written in like an old school. It takes place in the 1950s. And everything's written in like a 1950s, uh, uh, you know, a, a witty banter dialect. Yep. Going back and forth, very fast talking everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're a good egg, Adam. You know, like, a, like, like one of those classic, you know, Preston Sturges. Scripts, yeah, know, yeah. No, I, I liked it. I thought it was. I thought like it was his very, girl uh, Friday type. You know. Yes, uh, that's almost exactly what it is because that's the catalyst for some of the stuff Betty gets in. Right. You know, and it starts off covering um, some stuff that actually happened back then. <coughs> Things like uh, photo shoots getting raided by the FBI because uh, they were violating acts of, inappro- of inappropriate behavior. Right. Not because this was like some hardcore fetish stuff, even though she did that later on, but just you can't show a woman posing in you know uh, in um in uh, like you know tight yeah, jeans. Yeah. Or you know, it's like this is this is it violates the the moral clauses and such. Well, it's, like they, it was during the Hayes Code for films too. Yeah, you know what I mean, you know, where you couldn't have people sleeping in the same bedroom and st- or in the same bed, anyways, and you couldn't have a movie with a sad ending. Uh, criminals yeah. always had to pay for the crimes in the end. So, which to be fair, really, I do like that from, aspect because I'm, I'm, I go to, I go see a hero. I like seeing them win every now and then. Sure, I do too. But I mean, if that's all you had, you know what I mean. What kind of excitement do you have in the yeah, movie? Yeah, you know, you know it, I mean? it gets stagnant after a while. Yeah, you know, yep, I, so I want to see Jimmy era. Cagney win every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to see Biff hit the uh, Biff drive into the truck full of manure. Um, right. It, the this book is it's it's written. Uh, it's very quirky, you know, and I like that because it seemed to go really well. People think like Betty Page. Project, it's yeah. yeah, people think Betty Page. It's gonna be like you know nothing but sex and like sultry. And stuff. She's dressed in most of this. They, they, they didn't go out of their way to get like scantily, uh, scant, um, like scantily clad outfits and stuff. So you actually get the story. But she's still hot. You right. know, she's still making like the sexual innuendos left and right. You know, they didn't leave that part out. Right. They just didn't like sensationalize it. Right. They made it within like real bounds. This is like a woman who just had more of a libido and more of a, more confidence in back then would be. You know, a lot of guts too to do that. Then you know what I mean. Yeah, a lot she, of, a lot she, of... she's fighting dudes in this. You know, yeah. it's 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 kind of it's. I enjoyed the book. You know, I got to give it a thumbs up because it's a good take and a, just a good fun story. That seems like a unique a book. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the writing was spot on. The uh, the art too looks like this. Um, this like this like this post noir era. Um, kind of like a Doc Savage book. Okay. Have you ever read those? Like yeah, those yeah. old school. Oh, Doc Savage. Example. They're doing a Doc Savage movie too. I did not know about yeah. that. Yeah. Chain Black and The Rock. I'm not joking. Oh, <laughs> I swear. I swear. Oh, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, man. So me, happy. Oh, truth. that's perfect. I was going to make a comparison to Archer, um, the uh, current season of Archer now, Danger Island, uh-huh. because that's the kind of, that's the style of, uh, of, uh, of story we're talking here. But, you know, it's got adventure. It's got Betty in, uh, in a situation where she's, she starts off running from the law and needs to uh, become anonymous for a while, takes a job with a unique figure that just happens to come across in her life, and then... Um, that's where adventure ensues, dude. It was kind of cool. I liked it. It's not like the best, most in-depth read. You know, yeah. it's just one graphic, and it's not going to give you... It's not like... Um, you're not going to walk away from this like you did Infinity War. No, you know, yeah, it's just sure. a fun story. It's got Betty Page. It's got unique characters. It's got fun dialogue. It's got a fair amount of action, more action than I expected mm-hmm. uh, from reading the description and then seeing uh, the covers and stuff. So, I mean, it uh, had a lot of surprises, which was good. It had a good story with Betty Page as the uh, heroine, 
without being like an impossible Xena esque character. Right. You know, she's faster pussy cat kill kill. Yeah, pet, she's yeah. not. She's not this impossible unkillable figure. She's uh, someone who's just you know she's uh, confident in her abilities. She gets into some stuff. She takes some hits and takes some scrapes. But you know, um, she gets through it through her own resolve. It's just like this is the kind of character we like to see. All right. And uh, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. It's called Betty Page, Betty in Hollywood. Uh, I thought that was gonna give it like a real, you know, hey, the Simpsons go Hawaiian, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> bunch and fighting yeah, the yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff, uh, cornball tactic. But no, they kept it within um, respectable bounds Perfect. and uh, within respectable story bounds. It didn't get like corny and stupid. Nice. Um, so I gotta recommend it, Betty Page, uh, Betty in Hollywood. Check it out. Word. Uh, and this has been the Geek Down here on WMF Radio. Uh, dot com. I want to remind you all you can catch us every Monday nights right here. But also, if you were just listening, you can watch us and see our happy smiling face. Well, our happy smiling faces and Adam's disgruntled, grumpy, oh, angry, grizzled, hate filled, <laughs> bile, bile spewing. Jesus, <laughs> that don't happen. You can actually watch us on twitch.tv slash the geek down or find the YouTube channel. Um, since YouTube's still hating on us, we don't have the custom URL just yet. But if you search The Geek Down, we use the first ones that come up, and you can see all our video content there. If you saw anything you want to uh, you want to chime in on, heard anything tonight, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. As always, you can find us on SoundCloud, on Facebook, on Twitter. You can follow us on iTunes. Man, we are all over the sucker. And if you just go to geek-down.com, you can actually check out the site for yourself. And find links to all the social media there. But until next time, I want to thank Black Adam Willis. Yes, sir. I want to thank Just Johnny. You. I want to thank DJ Two Mess and Tom. Air I five. I want to thank you, the listeners. You can catch us all next week. Until then, be excellent to each other. Peace. You got something to say, but you want to say it with your body, with ink, or piercing? Get down to Stingray Body Art. 386 Cambridge Street in Austin Rock City, right next to O'Brien's Pub. Stingray Body Art, Boston's best tattoos, piercing, and permanent makeup.